Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Speaking of on fire, hello everyone. As usual, we have started chatting before we went live. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the award-winning author of Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, and the Hotel series. I'm joined today, as always, by my Vox Vomitus vixens, author Allison Martine of The Bourbon Books, and author Trisha Ridinger-McKee of The Beyond series. We have an incredible guest today, somebody I absolutely adore, and I'm going to fangirl really bad when we start talking about her books, uh, Miss Tosca Lee. Aww. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Tosca, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work? Yes. So um, we were just discussing a minute ago, I live in Nebraska. And um, I actually grew up here. I was not born here. I was born in Virginia, but I grew up here and I am married to a really handsome farmer. <laughs> so I live in the country. Soon. Yeah, you should look it up. If you go to my Instagram, you can see how to see him and he's worth looking at. So I did. I, did, I looked at your wedding pictures. I will oh, lie. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, and God. I was just, uh, that's when I thought, was like, she, she's so pretty. I that's, oh, thank you. that's how I met him is I saw him and I was like, he's so handsome. And I picked him up. That's how we met. Yeah, because I love that. <laughs> I, we well, my friends helped me. We sent him a drink with my card, and then we fled. So I didn't really pick him up right then, but we tried. So anyway, back to okay. So I live in Nebraska. I'm married. To, I'm, a, I'm a farm wife. <laughs> She's a farm wife. She's got a hot husband. She's a farm wife. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and I, when I married him, I also gained four children because he's a single father. So that made him hotter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have four kids too. And um, that's, that's a little bit about me. You. I mean, you didn't mention your writing, but I think we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. The writing fine. And then I do this thing on the side. Yeah. Like you, you write books. Just right. bestsellers. Bestsellers. Tell us more about the former. <laughs> yeah. Smoking um, hot. Smoking hot. <laughs> um, so, which is why everybody, why we were like, yeah, fire, fire. Uh, um, so I am about halfway through your book, The Line Between. Oh, thank you. Thanks. And um, I, I love it so Aww. so much and I will admit that I put off reading it because I knew it was about a virus <laughs> and I'm, I'm so writing, sorry no and I'm writing a book about a virus so oh. I wanted to get to a certain point in my book that I didn't want to have like yes uh, influences or virus fever if you right. will but I'm bumped terrible joke yeah it was and uh, I, I liked it but okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the line between I don't know the end but uh, I, <laughs> I know you do she, Allison messaged me right when she was finished she's like I'm done and I'm like oh, I'm done. and I said nothing because I didn't want to spoil anything for her and hmm. I behave have you um, are you really sick of people asking you about how you were able to capture this virus that you write about <laughs> and the process of a pandemic mm -hmm. so specifically down to 
Oh. You know, the social distancing, the, I mean, everything is masks eerily, <laughs> eerily on point. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not sick of it. It's just, it's been surreal, you know. Oh, she's got her mask candy. I'm it's listening. just been a little weird. You know, my sister, um, I have two sisters. One of them is a physician and she teaches med school also in, um, in Boston. And so she really helped me with this and, you know, helped me think through, okay, what do I need to know? What do I need to think about? <laughs> and so if anything, I would say it's just been a little surreal, I guess. Have you yeah. ended up in any kind of FBI watch list? Because <laughs> whenever I find these authors who have predicted things so well, I'm just mm -hmm. like, why do they know that the rest of us don't? And it, it, it got scary at points when I was reading it going, mm -hmm. I see these things echoed in our lives and this came out before the mm -hmm. pandemic even started. So you just, you had your fingers go on the pulse. It's <laughs> yeah. I think, I think all of us actually as authors are probably on some like watch list somewhere or yes. another, because I, I know the kind of things that you all are looking up on your search history. <laughs> so, yeah. They're gross. Like, why are you looking up so much booze? I don't have <laughs> a watch list other than Bevmo's mailing list. <laughs> and I say coupon. Um, you also did a really good job. So I'm glad you mentioned the fact that your sister's a physician because mm. your, your medical knowledge sounds uh -huh. legit <laughs> i can take no credit for that so <laughs> thank you sister <laughs> yeah thank you sister and then you know she's so busy that in between i'm trying to push her these drafts and say can you read this does this sound right and she's like okay yeah you know it's good enough <laughs> so I <laughs> your big sister or your little sister because i want to know the dynamic there she's my little sister so okay. i have an older sister who's also an rn um, and a, a little sister who's a physician. So, so basically, yeah. you have you can be checked on either side between the nurse yeah. and the physician telling you what's what. Yep. Nice. yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> so well, you, nailed, you nailed the accuracy. I will. I will attest because even oh, like I don't want to get into any spoilers, yeah. but there's there's sections where you get into more detail about how things are operating. And things that I'd never seen before and that don't necessarily match things I'm aware of. So just a spoiler alert for anybody who is, this is not the same as COVID. So if you're, if you're kind of COVID. It's not COVID, don't worry. <laughs> so I've been worse. Because <laughs> um, it is way worse. Yeah. Same thing because I'm writing a book about a virus and I'm like, but it's not COVID. It's, right, it's not. It's, it's more disgusting. Mine is more disgusting. <laughs> Yours. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I don't think this is too big of a spoiler. Your virus is about rapid onset dementia. Yeah. So that when I say nice. it's worse, I don't mean to disrespect the the, the no. current pandemic. I just say that it's it's worse in that it's there's the scary aspect of everybody who gets sick. Um, you don't get better. So if you get sick, you're a goner. And then um, before you die, you go crazy. So there's that's that. the scarier part. That is, yeah. That is, yeah. yeah. I mean, a virus is scary enough, but then when you factor in the things that are happening, and mm -hmm. I mean, for those of us who are familiar with Mad Cow, this is Mad Right. Pig. Yeah. Is basically what it's it Mad is. Pig. It is yeah. Mad Pig yeah. disease or Mad Mad Sow. Mad, mad Sow. Sow. <laughs> I had to say mad it. Sow. It was Mad Sow. Yep. <laughs> Um, and it's, and I think it's also really terrifying and, and beautifully written, but it's so terrifying because everybody, everybody has experienced somebody that they love probably with dementia. Yeah. And 
and it is a, a fear in the back of all of our minds probably anyway it's like mm-hmm. you know n- nobody sits there thinking god i hope i get dementia when i get older i hope that's right. how i go right. mm-hmm. um, so to have it being um a virus and it happening to people of all ages all ages yeah and very rapidly too it it happens within weeks so there's um yeah i was trying to think you know what would be truly frightening you know and you know i didn't we've we've got zombies this is reverse zombies you don't you like get sick and eat brains like you get you get sick because you ate brains (laughs) (laughs) right so yeah so i am not i'm so sorry well, I was just going to say, when, when Jen was trying to describe the genre of this book, the first thing that you said, Jen, tell me what it was you said, because were you saying Christian thriller? And then, I, and then I, I, I don't know if I said it to you today. I said, I feel like I was watching Big Love meets The Walking Dead. So, <laughs> so I was going to say, one of the things is, so, so Tosca, I will admit, this is the first of yours I've read. Huge fan now. You have converted me to the Tosca Leaf. Oh, thank you. But you also have co-written books and have written a bunch of other books. So this is one of your most recent books, but it's not the only book you've written. And you've written things that are in considered Christian fiction or maybe Christian adjacent fiction. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we were talking, how did you get classified now? Because when <laughs> like, yeah. do, do women get more pigeonholed than men in their genres? And we weren't sure if that was something where we were cherry picking our examples or when you describe what kind of books you say, do you just say best-selling and award-winning? Cause that wins. <laughs> they want to get more specific. What do you say? Oh, you know, I say I write historical and then I also do thrillers and the historical ones have been considered Christian because they've been about figures like Judas Iscariot, Eve and, and as an Adam and Eve, the queen of Sheba. That. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty historical. So um, that was very challenging, actually, to write. So I say that I do that, but I say I also have some kind of um, the rest are thrillers are either dystopian or slight paranormal, mm-hmm. or um, well, they're all pretty much one or the other, the other of those. So yeah, but and right under your name, you aren't using two pen you know, names or anything. And has, has anybody either in the publishing industry or even fans giving you any pushback for the fact that you don't sit squarely in just one box? <laughs> My agent, I'm driving him crazy. He like, I know he hates it. And you know, publishers really, really, that's everything's category. But, you know, my, my readers don't seem to care. I'm like, hey, I got this new exciting ride. You want to go on it? And they're like, right on. You know, and they, they just kind of go along. And um, that's one thing I love about them. But, um, you know, I tell my agent all the time, I'm like, you know, I, I know this makes your job harder, but I don't want to read the same thing all the time. I don't want to eat the same thing all the time, you know? So... I don't want to write 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 the same thing all the time either. Yeah, I don't. Let you tell whatever stories in your voice, and they don't always have to fit squarely and always on the shelf. And we we just, if you don't know, it just means I need my own end cap to (laughs) scout. That's what we're going to have to do, Barnes. End cap display. So, and I just try to go broad. It's either a kind of a thriller or it's kind of historical. So, there you go. (laughs) We really loved the fact that you don't have a pen name for, for, for half of your career. You know, I just, um, that was a dig on me, but I'll take it. No, it's not. It's not at all. It was too hard. It it was too hard. You know, frankly, uh, the thought of trying to grow another brand to me felt, Mm -hmm. felt too hard. 
So part of its laziness on my part was just like, well, I don't know. So you, you gave, that was a good point is it, it's, it's more than a name. It's a brand. And yes. And, um, and Allison, it wasn't a dig on you, but Allison yes, is but a, a literary sci-fi writer and she also writes romance. Romance so too. I so know. It's yeah. Very, it's, you know, they're different worlds. Yeah. And, and I, and I have to explain to Jen, she knows this, that the reason I write under two names and part of it is because my last name, my actual last name is Hubbard, which has a good connotation for sci-fi because people go L. Ron Hubbard. Hubbard. Awful name for romance. Although uh, someone's like, oh, you guys could be the Hubba Hubbas. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also there's, there are still stereotypes in the sci-fi world about women writing. So yeah. when I write sci-fi, I just use first initials. And when I do, and it helps that my middle name is French. So when I do romance, I'm Alison Martine. And that's so. That is, that well, sounds very romance. Yeah, yeah. Very romance. <laughs> and then I just go back to drinking. So that's fine. <laughs> I want to drink so bad now. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm oh, cheering okay. you through my. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here, 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 take a little sip. Oh, okay. <laughs> As I just poured on my phone. Um, so is there something you, you, you like writing more, like, or that comes easier? I know that, I feel like the historical stuff, obviously there's a lot of research there, but your thrillers or the thrillers that I've read has a ton of research there too. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. There's, there's What's that? I was just say, could you write easier books where you don't have to? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like after doing, you know, Iscariot, which took me oh, a year and a half just to research before I could even start. Um, and I went to Israel and I studied under scholars. And so for me, to the thrillers felt easier research-wise. But then again, you're right, because there's always... There's always research. And I, I spend so much time online, like looking for images of very specific things to make sure, <laughs> you know, you know, you're looking, how do I describe this? What's the layout of this? And, yeah. you know, and maybe that's part of the fun. I, it, I, it's, a, it's like being a detective. I've, yeah. I've found, especially like it's when you're setting something in a certain place, like whether it's a hospital and yeah. you're using a real place, like I'm yeah. sitting there with like, blueprints i think of buildings and i'm like right? looking at like where's the emergency exit yeah, where would that be where is yeah. that here like what does their parking garage look like exactly yep <laughs> that's Same. glamorous writing life <laughs> well i was i was gonna ask so we know you did some medical research and had your sisters as assistants there did you do anything looking into and again spoiler but it's right in the beginning cults and oh and yeah apart from the rest of the world's societies because that's going to get you on a watch list too <laughs> yeah. well our, our ron hubbard let me tell you i i did um i i had a ball i hate to admit it i had so much fun um, <laughs> um, I, i've always been fascinated by cults and i think i think a lot of people are Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. yes. And, and so I that was really fun. I mean, all kinds of cults. I mean, Scientology obviously was one of them, but I never um, said Scientology was a cult. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but I, I read Scientology. I, I mean I read I studied Scientology. Yeah. I, yeah. I studied uh Warren Jeff's um super fundamentalist group. I studied um Jonestown and the Branch Davidians and and a lot of more kind of obscure ones too. Um, and it was really 
really interesting. I found that um, there are more like little obscure cults out there than anyone mm-hmm. even understands. Like yeah. I live in little Nowheresville, New Hampshire, and mm-hmm. I know no less than three people who have been in cults oh, wow. as children and wow. got out separate cults yeah wow i think we really don't even hear about them unless one of two things happens a celebrity gets involved or there's mass murder then everyone cares otherwise if it's Mm -hmm. just people who are dressing a little differently and not interacting we we would never know yeah we don't know i mean i think everybody heard um the the one about the girl who was in smallville Mm, for the sex yeah that made headlines because it was someone who was really well known but otherwise that was fascinating. I I, re- I read and watched everything I could find on that one as well. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. So I'm going to throw this over to Trisha. Trisha, do you have any questions for Tosca? I do. There are a lot of um, rules that um, new writers are told to follow. Do you have any rule that um, you feel breaks the common rules? Is there any rule out there that you just feel is unnecessary and new writers should be beware of yeah um lots of (laughs) so right no rules write what you know that's not a good rule Uh, i wouldn't have written any of the stuff i've written so um that let's throw that one out um you know (laughs) i love that you have to i do too you have to like write every day well i don't then i'm not a writer i i don't write every day i can't you know Right. Um, I don't. Yeah. I might go weeks. I might go in between projects. I might go months. So, um, well, your brain needs to rest. I always say this. It's like, you have to, you have to let the ideas come. Yeah. And and you have to go live a little bit and be inspired and travel places and see new things that give you new inspiration. Yes. Right. But not so, during a pandemic. We are not allowed to do any of that. We're okay. not allowed to do that, which makes it a lot harder. But there's TV. <laughs> there's <laughs> Google Earth. Yeah, that's Google right. Earth has been wonderful. Google Earth and TV. And yeah, so, and then the other one, um, let's see. So the write a certain amount every day. I think that's a lot of pressure. I think it's great to aim for that. But, um, you know, there are days that, um, I, I can't get 500 words, let alone 2000 or more. So, um, I think you just have to kind of count every day a win. I do think you should move towards your goals. And I will tell you my number one rule of writing is to write like no one will ever read this. And that's, I share that with everybody. And the reason I do that is because, you know, when you're writing before you're published, you can't think about who's going to read it or if it'll be accepted you can't think about that. And then after you've published two, three, five, ten, however many books, you know, the knowing what people expect and knowing this, you know, you know the names of reviewers, you know the names of critics, you know the names of all the, you know, you have to somehow banish that from your mind so you can get to this place of, of moxie and audacity and so you can be free to, you know, to commit your badassery on the page, right? So <laughs> Right, right. So write like no one's ever going to read it. So it's, Even if it's, it's about being vulnerable in your writing, vulnerable. you know, allowing yourself just to be yeah, out and confident. And I, I think if you can't write with confidence, you're really hobbling yourself. You have to have mm-hmm. confidence. And I think that's the hardest thing to have because every day when I sit down to write, I feel like an idiot or I feel like I'm not up to it or I feel um, like I'm too tired or lame or hungry and, 
in, or it's not working today, every yeah. single day. Well, I mean, this is why our show is called Vox Vomitus, which is our fake Latin for word vomit. Because, <laughs> I love it. Um, oh, Terry. Thanks for sharing, Terry. Tosca. Terry is a fellow oh, author. Oh, hi, Terry. Um, so uh, the show, our show is called Word Vomit because, you know, Allison, Trisha, and I, we, we have this group chat and we kind of hang out there sometimes during the day, you know, check in with each other on our writing process. And it was like a year ago almost, and Allison asked me, like, how's the writing going? And I said, it's word vom, but, it, but it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But it, you're getting I'm getting it, it out. You're getting, getting it, out. it out. And uh, so I, I think it's so important that you, you do need to, to write and, mm -hmm. and tell the story you want to read. I think, too, if you can't get it out, you know, people dream of being writers and and kind of living this life. But to do that, you have to finish the book and you have to finish more than once. And if you can't allow yourself to really vomit it out and to let it be really not very good sometimes, I mean, <laughs> it, it's not good. Um, yeah. <laughs> then we won't finish. So, you know, make it pretty later, but right. get it out yeah. now. Yeah. You so, can't edit a blank page. Like, you can't, that's right. That's you, right. You can't rewrite what's not written. So that's true. Yeah. Well, what do you do though when you said, okay, you need to have that confidence? What do you do when your confidence has taken a knock? I don't, yours may never have because no, it has. You're, you're gorgeous and you're award winning and international. Oh. Best so it's possible that it, you know, you land She also has farmer. a hot husband. I know. It's former husband. But has it ever happened? And then what oh, do you do to recover? Tell us mere mortals. Oh. <laughs> My confidence has taken many knocks and actually it took a terrible one with the writing of the line between. Um, yeah. It, it, my first draft was an utter disaster because I decided to try to pants it um, because I, I'm an outliner and I, I'm like, this is my 10th book. You know, I, this is intrinsic now, right? It's in there. And so I just took a stab at it and it was not good. And I had to rewrite it more than normal and it actually delayed the publication for a whole season and so and I and I went into it with fear and trepidation and just feeling like I have no idea how to even fix this mm. and and it was just a lot of you know slogging through it and then all of a sudden because I had you know taken so long to do that I had to go straight into the sequel and so I'm in this really low terrible place and I'm starting the sequel. So I, I did my outline. <laughs> I was like, that's not I know. <laughs> yeah. So I did my outline and I went into the writing and, and I just, you know, I think sometimes you just have to fake yourself out and say, okay, I am the God of this world. I'm the queen of this page. I'm going to do this. And you know what, you know, hot, handsome, Brian, my husband, he's also very smart and he, you know, he's, he's very intuitive and, and I don't know how many times he said to me, go have fun. Because I had forgotten the fun part. Because, you know, I write for a living. And this is a contracted book. And and I'm thinking of, you know, readers. And I'm like, are they even going to like the first one? Should I even be wasting my time on the second one at this point? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I get that feeling. Yeah. Yes. And so he's like, go have fun. And I was like, oh. Okay. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> All right. Okay. Go have some fun. 
when hot husband speaks, you listen. <laughs> yeah, I do actually. Yeah. I I also have a hot husband, and I listen. I try to listen to him. He's our producer, so he's listening oh, to right now. So like, I listen to him all the time. Uh, but he's my first beta reader, and every good, yeah. bad, ugly idea I bounce off him first. So he gets a lot of my ups and downs as being a writer, which one great day of writing, I walk out of the room and I'm like, I'm going to win an award. Mm-hmm. This book is going to, I'm going to win the Bram Stoker award. I know I am. And then the next day I literally leave the room going, I, I don't even know how to make sentences. Yeah. How did yeah. I think I was writing? Like, it's just, it, it, it just, it's all over the place. Yeah. Yep. I think we all swing between delusions of grandeur and paranoia, like yes. many times a day. <laughs> Sometimes from yes. sentence to sentence. sentence like, to sentence. oh, that one worked. And then the next line, you're like, oh, um, I have no ideas now. <laughs> no, I, I sent Jen, and this wasn't even my sentence. I sent Jen something that was going on the back cover of one of my books. And both of us are like, I, I don't know what grammar is anymore. I don't know if this should be an is or an are. And <laughs> I think it's this one, which means it's probably that one. Like both of us had just given up on the concept of how English works at this point. Right. We were yeah. like literally I just gave up on grammar. I'm like, I don't know. I can't tell you which one of those is right. Is right. are is are I, mm-hmm. yeah. I still don't know. And you stare at it for too long and then yeah. I I've done this so many times. I yeah. do that. I do that if I happen to um come across a writing tip and I'm like, oh, but then I noticed that I keep doing the wrong thing over and over. Like, I would start every sentence with she or he or a pronoun. And I'm like, oh, that's my whole book. Yeah. <laughs> and you start questioning. Yes. No, but Trisha, yeah. I did this. I did the same thing. I, I recently revised some scenes for the book that's coming out. And I, I felt like I couldn't figure out how to do a sentence that didn't start with she or the oh. name of the character. And I'm going, this is really ridiculous. So I was doing something else. And then I couldn't make it into a sentence. I'm going, well, no, apparently it works with she or her. We overthink it. We start to overthink it and it's just gone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Writers overthink for a living. Yeah. I was doing something the other night and I was up till about four. And I, I literally spent the last two or three hours rewriting the same two and a half paragraphs. No. That's all I, no. I did. Honey, I did. no. I did. I'm in the back of my mind. Your voice exactly is going, go to bed. Go to bed, bed. Uh, put it down, walk away, and I'm like, no, I'm, I will beat this paragraph into submission. There but is nothing, nothing good happens. There's nothing, nothing good happens good. after three in the morning. I know, and you know you shouldn't do it, but Mm-mm. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <I> um, <laughs> <laughs> do you ever? Um, do you believe in writer's block? Hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, yes and no, but I think it just means that you need to maybe do a little more outlining or you need to think, uh, you know, about what is the immediate goal for my main character here? Maybe it's not clear enough to you. Um, or how can I raise the stakes here? Um, and one thing I love to do if I start to feel kind of like that or that I like to um, suggest other people is journal as your main character or journal as another character, you know, in the first person and just journal as them. I think it helps. I love wow. that. I, more notes. Yeah. I keep doing this. I, <laughs> it's a crayon. This is what I could find. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I, I take some creative writing classes with an amazing author. Her name is Diane Zinna. And mm. she gave advice in one of her classes that she said, if it's not working, write the same scene, but from the point of view of an object in the room. 
Oh, I like that. And I was like, oh, I never thought about doing that. And it really helped uh-huh. my current work in progress. Cause I've I was like, I was like, how do I get, I was like slogging through this scene about somebody like looking through a photo album. And then I said, oh, I'm just going to write the, from the point of view of the photo album oh, instead of from the character. I love that. And uh, it, it, it changed, it kind of changed the entire book. Cause then I realized, oh, that was kind of cool. What mm-hmm. other times can I like pick a random okay. object and like write from that point of view? And make it a scene rather than just it. a weird scene. That oh, one weird scene from the point of view of a photo album. <laughs> Lamps write like no one's reading because Jen's like, I don't know what's happening. I think I mentioned it to Allison. I'm like, is this too weird if I'm like writing from the point of view of like a bell? <laughs> For the record, I will never say anything's too weird. I, I, no, nothing's too weird. I, I want to try that. I love that. It, it's a great... I, you know, I, so I do it now sometimes just like if I free write mm-hmm. or just like for inspiration, things like that. It's, it's amazing. That's, uh, yeah, I, you'll I, have to I, thank I, me I in your next exactly book. the scene. I want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I wanted to mention, Tosca, you were talking about the stakes and one of the things you just did so well. And again, I will say this without spoiling anything, but you managed to have a character who has high stakes in multiple areas. So it's not just like, okay, there's goal, and if she gets to that goal, everything will work out, but multiple things. And I don't see a lot of books like that. It's usually end-all, be-all is one thing that's either they get it or they don't get it. Yours, there were layers there, which helped the tension just stay so high the entire time. I mean, when I say my ears were doing this when I was done, it was was just, okay, there's another book coming. because the tension just had built up the entire time and I might have an ulcer now, but it's, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, you know, I, I really, really, when I do thrillers, I really, I know you're supposed to keep readers turning the pages and I, I really want to keep readers doing that. And I want to keep them up past bed, bedtime. I want to keep them. I want to make them call into work sick and skip school. So <laughs> I just I love that. I want to do that because that's you know when I was growing up we didn't have a lot we didn't have like video games we didn't have this stuff books was what we had and then a few random shows like Fantasy Island that you know were kind of fun and stuff but you know books was what we had and my greatest joy was staying up and reading by the light of my alarm clock so I wouldn't get in trouble right yes can I get an amen? This should not be a surprise, but I am not particularly athletic. And I remember sticking Anne Rice books under my sweatshirt for zero period PE and waiting until the coach would go back inside and then plopping down and taking out my book. <laughs> so I, I would stay up late and I would smuggle books into gym. That's yeah. smuggling. Tosca, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you should be happy because... I work from home and I can make my own schedule. And today, um, my boss is probably watching this. I didn't, hi, I didn't do any work today uh, because I did, I'm listening to the audio book. I was up late listening. And again, your narrator is phenomenal. She is so good. She's amazing. We were so lucky to her. What's that? She did did both of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's done, and she did Bird Box. She did. Um, she did Dark Places. Dark Places. She's. Oh, she's, she's I she's looked good. her up. That's how good she is. I was like, yeah. I've heard her voice before, and I don't do a ton of audiobooks, mm-hmm. and I recognized her voice, and so I looked her up, and I'm like, Ah, Dark she's Places. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. She's like professionally intense. That must be her thing. She's like, I can sound scared, and just freaked out all the time, and she does very well. Yeah, she's. I love her. Yeah. So that's, I love that you have like a relationship or that you, you know, she's doing your next book that mm-hmm. you can say things like, I love her. Cause it's such a personal relationship to hear somebody read your words. Oh, it's, yeah, it's definitely weird. And you know, I don't read my own books after I write them, but, but I will listen to some of them because they make it sound like a different story. You know, yes. it, it sounds different. So, so I'm yeah. in the very early stages of uh, audiobooks, mm-hmm. and uh, so I've been listening to like chapters at a time, and I'm I'm like, wow, this is actually a pretty good book. My husband's <laughs> like, yeah, like <laughs> won an award. Yeah. And I'm like, no, but like the way he's reading it makes it sound now like. I- See why he won- now I see why it won the award. Now it's <laughs> just me being like, I can't even look at this book again. Okay. <laughs> That must be the trick. Get somebody else to read your book, and then you'll have the confidence that you didn't have in it before. And you're like, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> I'm talented. <laughs> Did you get a say in picking her? Has she done some of your other books from some of the the, the historical fiction, or do you have other people who have done those? I think she did one of the progeny books and uh, my duology before. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when we were doing that... Um, so my publisher is Simon and Schuster and they would generally send me like one or two people and say, you know, who do you like better? Um, yeah. And so, um, and they're all good. I mean, they're, they're all so great. Good. So it's kind of like, well, who's available? You know? <laughs> so, and it's Which matches the voice. Cause I know one of the things yeah. that I've struggled with, I, my book, my romance books are out on sub rights now for getting picked up for audio. It may never happen because of how they were published long story there. But one of the things I struggle with is I listen to a ton of audiobooks, but I have yet to hear a professional narrator that sounds like the voice in my head to have that that have that voice. Even some of the really good ones, mm-hmm. it just doesn't match. It doesn't feel like, oh, this is the right that right voice for to that give words. Yeah. Yeah. I, yours is a perfect match. And I, I even told mm-hmm. Jenna at first I wasn't entirely sure because I thought she sounded older than your main character is, but eventually it sunk in with me and I'm like, I, I don't care. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter if in my head she sounds a little older than the character. It still is perfect. She yeah. is old beyond, beyond her years. Yeah, I didn't know how old the character was right when it started because it wasn't it wasn't established right away. And then when the character is established at the age, I'm like, oh. That's younger than I thought, and it may have just been because that this voice to me sounded more mature and more. Yeah. It, it didn't yeah. sound like a not a not a kid, but a, a young adult. It sounded adult, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But she did, she did such a good job; it wouldn't matter. Oh yeah, yeah, so good. I know. I'm like everybody. Everybody who's listening to this later or yeah. watching the live stream. <laughs> please, you need to read the line between. Oh, thank you. It's, I haven't been this um, kind of riveted by a book in a while and and like i mean and riveted and i've read a lot of amazing books in the past 40 years (laughs) um but this one's been it's maybe because of the pandemic now 
obviously your writing style is beautiful. Um, You, you've combined beauty and terror (laughs) in this book. And that is my favorite. That's my sweet spot. That's where, where I want to live. You guys make me feel so good. Can I come back tomorrow? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we will drink you. It's fine. Yeah. She came on once and we couldn't get rid of her. Yes. Well, well, I was going to be like, oh, and our, our fourth walk kilometers is Vixen. Like, oh, now there's four of us. It's fine. She, there she is again. She's on the lockdown. Great. Well, you know, You're more than welcome. As far as team ups, I did want to ask. So you also are known for writing with Ted Decker. How is that as far as writing by yourself versus writing with another person? Is that something you plan on doing more of or right now that's like you're working on your own thrillers? Tell us about what that's like. Well, I am actually right now writing with another author. Um, It's a historical World War II. So totally different once again, but it's just calling it historical. Historical is fine. (laughs) Yeah. You know, every, every partnership I think is different. And I know a lot of authors who partner with other, other authors, and I think they all do it different. And I've never seen one partnership that had the same process. And, you know, with writing with, with Ted, with, with Marcus Brotherton, who I'm writing with now, I think it doesn't matter, you know, especially that first book, I, I feel like it can take longer than writing alone because it takes time to figure out your system and you know how you're going to go about this and there's negotiation involved and um if you do more i think it gets shorter and shorter when when ted and i wrote our trilogy the first one took i don't know took over a year and then the second one was maybe seven months or so and Mm -hmm. I want to say the third one flew by between two and three months I mean it was just we had it down yeah so you know they I think it just depends on um how well you can navigate each of your strengths and I think that if you're going to do a partnership you need to be both of you have to be aware of what 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 strengths are you bringing to the table and how do they complement each other so Yeah. That's amazing. Did that help you f- kind of figure out what your strengths are or areas that maybe the other person was a little yeah. bit pulling you along in those areas? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I learned a lot from that partnership because I had come from writing these, you know, more literary style, um, historical, ancient historical stuff. And he was writing serial killer killer murders, right? And so we had to find that's the different. common voice and that's yeah. what we do. We finally made, created this common voice. And then he wrote ancient history, historical, biblical, historical novels. And I started doing thrillers. So you guys just, just like went like that. It was like a freaky Friday thing. It was. It and is. Then, but I learned a lot, you know, because he was known for his pacing. And um, I, I really, I feel like I, I took a lot away from that experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Gosh, amazing. <laughs> Ladies. I hate to cut this short, but we are out of time. <laughs> I feel like this was like I, my my ego. <laughs> it feels so good. You guys have been so nice to me. Yours, uh, are people mean to you? Because I will like, spindly arm. No, you guys someone. have just been so kind and so wonderful. Thank you for all the sweet things you have said. I, I so, they, we mean them. Um, Tosca and I share the same publicist, Mickey Mickelson from Creative Edge, and I 
flat out told him that I would probably be an embarrassing fangirl. <laughs> and, yes, and he was totally like, oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, think, I think he gets me enough that I was like, just so you know, if I see Tosca, I might start crying. <laughs> And you didn't, you did a good job, Jack. I did yes. a good job of not crying when I see the guests. <laughs> I, you know, it's happened before where I'm like, I, I can't talk. <laughs> just well, there was one time it. that like your electricity went out. That wasn't your fault. That, that was like a storm fault. and that knocked you whole, that whole thing out. And we're just like, Trisha and I are looking at the guests going, we don't know what to do. Can we stop? We can't stop. We're just like trapped on the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beauty beauty of live podcasting everyone uh, so we are live. thank you tosca thank you, oh, thank you. Us vixens. Oh, thank uh, you you guys you ladies guys yeah yeah I mean, whatever you can uh, whatever. in california you call everybody dude <laughs> <laughs> uh, i want to tell everybody next week oh that's a lot of writing that i can't read because i'm not wearing my glasses i'll read it elisa bonchman <laughs> says thank you tosca i love that journaling idea when writer's block rears its ugly head we'll definitely be using this and thank you lovely vixens as always oh yeah. see i love it when the fans call us lovely yes more of that yay i can go in a slipper a cupcake later and go <laughs> So I hope everybody tunes in next week while we will have the guest David Bergerard. I feel like I said the name correctly. That's a lot of R's for me. David there are Bergerard. Author of The Machine. Yeah. <laughs> so that will be next time uh, on Box Vomitus next week. Uh, thank you to my my handsome husband, our producer, Roman Sorotin. Thank you to Pam Stack and everybody at the Global Authors on the Air Network. This has been a copywritten podcast, and we will see you all next week. <laughs>